You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Well, hello, hello, hello. On this hot, muggy Sunday, uh, maybe not for some of you, but it is here in the Northeast, and I guess it's pretty hot on the West Coast. So, you're listening to Discover Your Potential. We're on HD Radio, WBBS, and thank goodness for Doug, who's producing, and he keeps me on track. Hi, Doug. That's okay. Hi. I just no. wanted to say hi. Ha-ha, I was just Hear making your melodious sure. voice. Oh, aren't you so kind? Aren't <laughs> you kind? I was just adjusting some volumes here, and uh, we Thank love you. you, Cindy. Love you, too. So, no, I'm not going to give everybody a pep talk. I just want to talk about, I know this has been an extraordinarily unusual, to say the least, six months or more between COVID-19 or the coronavirus, the demonstrations and riots. And um, I do want to tell you that I do believe in the message behind, behind the demonstrations. Um, I believe everyone has the right to be free and to have a sense of contentment and acceptance. So it's been it's been a kind of strange several months. You know, we're all under a lot of stress, um, hearing a lot of anxiety. We've really had to change a lot of how we do things. I know a lot of you may have lost your jobs, your businesses. It, it's it's been tough, or you know people that have. And uh, my heart goes out to you. It's uh, it, it's you know, for decades, for centuries, people who are prognosticators have been talking about. The shift. Well, there's going to be a shift. Well, my friends, the shift is here. We are going through a shift. It's a, it's a change period. And all of us, in some way, are being forced to change things or to change the way we do things. Some people feel that they have to reinvent themselves or perhaps reinvent how they do things. And um, I know it's been a tough time. So this is your hour. This is for you. I call this program Discover Your Potential to bring on guests that have made changes in their lives sometimes purposely, sometimes coincidentally, although I don't believe in coincidence. I believe many things happen for a reason. But 
um, the guests that I bring have made changes in their lives, some more drastic than others, but that you can learn from. Now, I want to mention that if you miss a part of this hour, within a day or two, you can go to wdypetalkradio.com and listen to the podcast. Or if you feel you have a friend or someone you know who will get something from this broadcast, give them that site. That's wdyptalkradio.com. It's, um, I know so many people are, they're sick of wearing masks, they're sick of washing their hands, they're sick of wiping everything down, they're sick of wiping the countertops. And we need, we need to be able to believe in ourselves, we need to be able to take care of ourselves, of our family, of our community. And, um, and that's why some of this is being done. And I know a lot of places that have opened up where the, the positive cases of the virus are just really raising. And um, I have to tell you that several months ago, and I've talked about this before, I sometimes go into what I call spiritual attack. And what happens is I feel or I felt that something was going to happen that would affect millions of people. I wasn't told what it was. I just knew that, uh, that inner knowing that something was going to affect millions of people and it has and um, my heart my heart goes out to all of you I do want to take a moment to uh, to thank to thank all of the people the first responders the people that had to work and really take care of us people who work in grocery stores, supermarkets, truck drivers, uh, people in the medical field. Uh, I send out my love. I send out healing and gratitude to all of you who have really been there and, and done a phenomenal job. So thank you. Thank you, all of you. Those of you who work in the markets or in banks, those of you who drive trucks to bring groceries to the stores, and um, you are appreciated. You are appreciated. But as I said, this is the shift. We've talked about it. People for hundreds of years ago have talked about it. Um, this is the shift, and we need to be ready. We need to, we need to be able to believe in ourselves so that we can achieve. And it, sometimes it, it's difficult because 
We don't know who to believe and who to trust, what information is coming through. Should we believe it? Should we not believe it? So go within yourself and trust your gut. So the two words, which I believe are the words of the day, are believe and achieve. Yes. Believe and achieve. So wherever you are right now, whether you're listening to us streaming live or whether you're listening to the podcast, I want you to take in a deep breath. And when you exhale, I want you to lift away all the chatter in your mind. Yes, lift away all that chatter in your mind. And dare, dare to allow yourself to say, I believe in myself. Sound a little selfish? It's okay. It's okay. I believe in myself. So, I always like to start out with reading something inspirational. And here we go. I believe that through every storm or problem we face in life, the solutions are ours to find. It takes a belief in ourselves and in our ability to handle the situations we must deal with. We must accept our problems and work through them. It won't be easy, but a positive outlook will lighten the load. Finding answers and solutions won't be an easy task, but then neither is life. But we broaden our horizons by challenging and challenges that we face. And each day, we must remember all the possibilities that life has offered us. So believe and achieve. Remember that. Believe and achieve. Believe in yourself. I am very, how can I say this? I feel humbled and with a great deal of respect I'm going to introduce our guests for today. And they have gone through quite a journey themselves, which they will talk about. They are a super-powered couple, and um, they have been doing trauma breakthrough and relationship coaching for almost 20 years helping people come alive with joy. Their personal stories of overcoming childhood abuses, trafficking, religious cults, gives them a unique perspective on life, joy, happiness, and success. And so, as I said, I feel humbled and with a great deal of respect, 
I'd like to welcome Jess and Reed Richardson. Welcome to Discover Your Potential. Wow. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. We're crying our eyes out over here. I can't hear you. We're crying our eyes out. I have probably been on hundreds of shows over the years, and that was hands down the best intro, the most honoring and beautiful introduction all the way through I have ever experienced. I am so honored and excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm honored and excited to to have you with me and to have the audience learn from what you have been through and how mm. you have come out from horrific trauma to not only survival but masterful success. Thank you. I... It's rather funny. I attribute so much of it to pure rebellion because I was just told over and over within my life that I was good enough and that I shouldn't reach so high and that I I was probably just good enough to be okay. And the rebellion inside of me just said, no, I'm worth more. Mm Mm-hmm. I believe I'm worth more. I know I'm worth more, and I believe more in humanity. That we are all capable of so much more than we've been led to believe. Right. Do you do you want to tell us your story? Absolutely. I. Um, it's wild. So I'm going to bullet point it fairly fast. Because there no, are... No, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've got the whole hour with me. Okay. There, um, there is, life has been quite an adventure. Because it's radio, I'll just tell you, I'm 41 years old. I was mm-hmm. born in 1979. And my parents were, you know, products of the 60s and 70s. They, they were rebellious in their own way. And... They, they deeply loved, and they were both severely abused and wanted different lives, a different life for me. And so when they found out they were pregnant, they did everything different that they knew how to do. But this was before the Internet, so we didn't have as much knowledge or information that was so readily accessible. And they loved me so much that they, they actually drove to Paradise, California, while my mom was in labor, so that I could say that I was born in paradise. Uh, I believe (laughs) Doug will relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we actually almost moved back to paradise right before before the fires happened. Mm. So um, we ended up going to Rockport, Texas, and got hit by a hurricane. So either way, we would have gone. We would have lost it all. We just got the hurricane instead of the fires. So I, mm. I I'm deeply sympathetic. But um, <laughs> can we talk? It about is about a wild childhood? journey. Pardon? Can we talk about your childhood? Absolutely. It, well, they they wanted me so desperately, but they didn't understand how to recognize signs of abuse. 
So when three neighbor boys began having sex with me when I was four and five years old, they didn't understand how to recognize the signs. And while it very much was rape, I didn't understand it as rape because I was four. And, you know, in the early 80s, we didn't talk about those things. And what I, what I learned to understand later was that somebody showed them, quote, unquote, love in the same way they were showing me love, and that these are cycles of childhood abuse that go on. Now, when we moved away when I was five, I didn't really understand that it was wrong, that what I had experienced was um, even wrong at all. So life went on, and when I was 10, my dad was murdered in a homicide-suicide. And it was actually a 17-year-old young man who killed my father and then killed himself. Mm. And... I, I don't think with any of these teenagers, the ones who raped and molested me when I was young or the young man who was 17 who killed my father, that none of them woke up one day and said, geez, I think I'm going to rape someone today or go kill someone today. I think these are generational cycles that when we don't address the root issues, they continue. And the best way to stop them is bringing what was in the dark to light. And really, so much of my life has been about just bringing honesty and real conversations to the world around the things that I and so many other people have experienced. So when my dad was killed, my mom ended up getting remarried to a man who wasn't very nice a few years later, and I started running away from home. And I got into a ton of trouble. I was fiercely rebellious fighting everything and everyone, at the same time really just wanting someone to see me. And by the time I was 16, I was living at the other end of the state. We were in Oregon, and I was living in Portland, Oregon, and just running wild. And I ended up being raped into the crypts and seeing... Boy, during that time, there was so much violence and there was so, so many drugs and just such chaos. And yet the gang provided a family and a unit and togetherness that I always wanted. And then I witnessed a couple horrific incidences that just made me know that I had to run away. Mm. And I did. And... Within a few months, I was working at this little cafe, and this man came in, and he just was kind to me. He was a regular customer, you know, at a normal breakfast cafe. He told me I was beautiful and valuable and special and that I could be somebody. And one day he asked me if I was already having sex. Why wouldn't I want to get paid for it? And that was and still is one of the best questions. because it's very logical. If your boundaries have been eroded and you need money, and as a waitress I was making like $2 an hour plus tips, why wouldn't I want to get paid for something that had either been taken from me or given away my whole life? And then he met one of my basic needs. I really just wanted to be an adult, and he helped me change my name. And... 
I ended up living under a false identity for four and a half years. But that was what he used to traffic me. And so for the next 14 to 15 months, he moved me all over the country. And there was a whole nother round of horrific experiences of, you know, being forced into the sex industry. And that was full of a thousand crazy stories. I can imagine. And I found myself just knowing that I was my only savior. The only thing that would save me was me rising up. Were there and, other girls along mm-hmm. with you that he was trafficking? Absolutely. The sex industry is a massive industry, and pimps typically have, you know, two, five, they have a number of girls in their stable. So, yeah, that was very common. But then as a trafficked individual, I also interacted with lots of other people who may or may not have been trafficked. The sex industry is a multi-billion dollar industry, and trafficking is just a part of it. Does that make sense? Yes. So there's so much sensationalism around what trafficking is that I think society has missed the obvious and that trafficking happens in a lot of industries. The sex industry is just more glamorized because sex sells. And, you know, the media is interested in it because it makes for great headlines. Because if you talk about uh, trafficking within, you know, avocado orchards, it's not nearly as sensational. But yet just as relevant, and it happens, we have no actual data, but labor, that type of labor exploitation and trafficking is way higher in numbers than anything within the sex industry. Now, how long were you under this man's control? It was about 14 to 15 months. It started right after I turned 17, and I got away from him, well, when I was about 18, 18 and a half. And I ended up staying in the sex industry for another three years on my own. And honestly, as a prostitute? um, we, uh, yes, I ran an escort service. Uh-huh. And I did a lot of work myself as well. There was a lot of empowerment in that for me. Be- and if you think about it, I was 18 years old. I had a massive amount of trauma. Mm. And I was accustomed. My quota with him was $1,000 a day. So I knew I was capable of making no less than $30,000 a month. It's really hard to go from a lifestyle where you're working 18 hours a day and you're forced to work and you're forced to make money to suddenly going to McDonald's and trying to fill out a resume and, you know, work for two or five or seven dollars an hour. It it didn't make sense. And so being in the sex industry actually gave me this fierce empowerment that I was in charge of my body. And that I could make more than enough money to cover everything I wanted. And so those three years were really empowering. And at the same time, I was really just coping with the trauma. 
I, I hadn't dove into what was really bothering me, but it was one heck of a party, you know? <laughs> How did you feel about yourself? Um, quite frankly, I was so drunk, stoned, and high, it didn't really matter. <laughs> it, it, it just, you can truly um, do enough drugs to numb out. And it wasn't until I found out I was pregnant that my entire world changed. It, I quit doing all drugs in one day. I went through three weeks of blood-curdling withdrawals and had mm. never looked back. And I, honestly, it's easier to have your face caved in than it is to go through drug withdrawals like that. But I was determined that I would give her a life that I never had. And I had no clue how I was going to do it because I was probably one of the least equipped people on the planet to become a parent. <laughs> yes, that was what I did. And it was actually when she was somewhere around six months to a year old, I was selling long-term care insurance and annuities, mm-hmm. which meant at the, ripe, at the ripe old age of 21, I was, you know, cold calling hundreds of senior citizens every single day. And I realized in doing that that seniors were either really happy, they told tons of amazing stories, they were so fun to talk to, or they were bitter and hateful. Really? And who I was right then was only going to be magnified in 50 years. Mm. I literally crawled under my desk and I, I don't know how else to say it besides I snot bubble, snot bubble cried. I mm. curled up in the fetal position and I, all of myself, died that day. And I knew I not had to it. make a choice. Pardon? Not all of it. Well, all of the icky. You let a piece all of yourself die that day. Yeah. And by the time I crawled out from underneath my desk, I had chosen what I call a North Star, and that was happiness. All I wanted was to be happy and look myself in the mirror and say, Jess, I love you, and I care about you, and you're special, and then sleep at night without night terrors. And within a few years, when I met Reed, I had tackled the vast majority of those things, and my life has been about picking a series of North Stars and marching with great joy towards them. So that was about 20 years ago. <laughs> it's been a rocket ride since. Wow. So you were having night terrors over what happened to you in your youth. And, and all the abuse you went through and the trafficking. Yes. Um my my most common one was actually in regards to my dad's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that it, it, I didn't witness it, but I was supposed to go with him. And my dad and I had a different relationship. He loves me more than anything and to the best of his ability, but he wasn't always around. And so when he was around, it was really significant. And the day he was killed, I chose to not go with him. And 
I think what played in my mind was really the guilt of if I had been there, would it have saved him or would I have been killed too? Right. And well, that, obviously uh, you were spared so you can do the work you do. <laughs> yes. And I, I have been spared over and over. But I, I think that was actually one of the roots of my trauma that allowed my walls to come down so many of the other things could happen. But losing my father was very, very significant. I can imagine. And now he's watching over you. He is, and my mother is as well. And my grandmother and actually all of my family members that are older than me. And it is actually a very beautiful space because I I feel them and I can continue marching forward with our legacy. So after you had after you had this moment where you realized that you were worthwhile, that you were worth loving yourself, where did it go from there? I I really had the benefit of being in a sales environment. This was back in the early 2000s, and it was really the beginning, you know, the beginning trends of the self-help, self-motivation, sales type. I mean, it had been out for many years, but it was starting to really gain in popularity. Right. And there were so many commonalities between what I learned about business and about life from being with my pimp and being in the industry independently as a sex worker then to being in a sales environment where it was a support team, that really I just started to fill my mind with everything that I could find, every resource on communication, sales, self-healing, empowerment, and I just started to learn and experiment on myself. And during that time, I you know, would try to get help, and people would just say, oh, you're happy enough the way you are. Some things you can't overcome. And well, it it's this fierce rebellion in me that's oh just boy, like that, no. That that went off that went off as an alarm for me. It, absolutely. And so I've forged an entirely different path because I I believe that we as humans are capable of so much more trauma. And pain has been around for millennia, and people have proven to be remarkably resilient. So I could look at history and say other people have overcome unsurmountable obstacles and go on to live magnificent lives. Lives. Why can't I? And so I just started reading and studying everything I could put my hands on. I ended up... Going back to school, I made it one and a half semesters before 
a combination of things happened. Really, I hated biology because I wasn't interested in it all. And it felt like studying biology was like pulling teeth. And at the same time, I loved to learn. And I was sitting in the library at school one day and realized, looking at my bills, and I had this student loan, and I'm a single mom, right. and I had to make, I, I was like, this just doesn't feel right. And it dawned on me that I was sitting in a library with free knowledge. And in that moment, I decided to drop out of school and read a library mm-hmm. and never complain about late fees. Because my late fees would just be justified as my tuition, that I would release myself of that shame and I would just read an entire library. And if I paid $20,000 in late fees over the next decade, I would just be okay with that because that's less than a university education. <laughs> right. So that, that's what I did. And I, I read textbooks for fun. I read mm-hmm. every kind of literature for fun, <laughs> and then really immediately, I, I started coaching. I met Reed about three years into my journey, and we just connected, and literally the week we got married, we had a house full of young adults that we were coaching together, and obviously over the you know next 16 years, we got a lot better, but that was the foundation of really learning how to help people in a How way did you engage meet? Is quick, quick. Um, we actually met through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to jump in on this one? Oh, sure. So, Hi, Reed. Um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I'm here. Hi. Um, You've been so patient. I met through. Pardon? He's been so patient waiting to talk. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, yeah. He's very kind. <laughs> He's an amazing man. I can feel oh, that. Thank you. So there's a, a strange gentleman. I was riding in his vehicle. I didn't know what we were doing, where we were going, but I knew that he was part of the same activist organization that I was a part of. And so mm-hmm. he started, as we were riding along, and we were picking up pieces of metal, like scrap metal. And I was like, why are you picking up so few pieces of scrap metal in your small vehicle. And none of it made any sense. It was just like, this is bizarre. And <laughs> as we were right, it was like, why, why am I doing this with this man on this day? I have no idea. I'm supposed to be doing something else. <laughs> but he, he wanted me to ride with him, so I did. And it felt, it felt like it was meant to be, but I didn't know why. And as we were riding along on the freeway, he goes, so I know I don't like know you really much yet, but... Um, I've been talking to this woman online. Her name is Jessica, and uh, you're going to marry her. Whoa. And I said, you're crazy <laughs> because I'm not planning on marrying anyone for the next four years at least because I'm going to college. I have a plan, and I know what I'm doing with my life. And he goes, but you're still going to marry her. <laughs> and then he did this. Same exact thing to me. And I'm like, do you even know me? Like, <laughs> I, I I didn't even know if I liked men. I didn't know if I liked anybody. And I'm like, why, why do you know? <laughs> because this man that was picking up scrap, scrap metal told me so. 
different types of jazz. Yeah. But the power and the energy you bring in your your presence, your voice is so incredibly powerful. Thank you. And it I, was a I past life. Have... <laughs> What's that? It was a past life. I, I call it a past life. I don't know what else to say except it left a beautiful foundation for who you are. Oh, thank you. Now, let's let's take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, let's talk about the work that the two of you are doing to help people break through their trauma and coach their relationships. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. Absolutely. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401 885 4115. 
So that was recorded before the pandemic. So now all personal sessions are being done on the phone, by phone. They're still personal and confidential. And you can book a phone appointment. And this is for your health and your safety at Cindy at CindyGilman.com. So let's talk about some of this wonderful work you're doing with people. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. That's my favorite. It's the happy part. <laughs> yes. It really, um, first, I wrote a book, and it actually just came out the end of last month. It's called and Everything it's called? I It's called Everything I Know I Learned from My Pimp. And well, I know everything it's an you, title. you know you learned from your pimp. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> okay, so how can people get this book? Um, you can, that is the website. It's everything I know I learned from my pimp.com. And okay. the ebook is available for $7. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also order the print version, but really it's so much more than just my story. It's right. uh, the, a collection of writings that really bring people on a journey to a deeper understanding of humanity, kindness love, compassion, and how to take personal responsibility no matter what we've been through. Right. Now, do you also have a website for people to reach you or couples to reach you so that the two of you can help them through their journey? Absolutely. Well, we normally just work through email because people come, typically they read my book and then they're like, oh, ready. <laughs> um, but our, we, um, we don't do a lot of one-on-one work in that way. Um, okay. We have do you a do it online end. with groups? Well, we do it online with groups, and we really just have a one-year, it's our super small mastermind and coaches certification program where we only work with a small group of people, and then we teach them how to help other people. But, so how do they, how do they reach you to, to get that? Um, you can email either of us, Jess, J-E-S, at Superpowered Humans, or Reed, R-E-I-D, at Superpowered Humans. But we actually just launched something that is really powerful because a lot of, we can't serve as many people as we want to serve, which is why we work with coaches to help, help better equip them because so many coaches really just don't have the tools to work with complex trauma and families. And so what we did was we actually, we've homeschooled for the last 10 years. We've worked with thousands of families and individuals. And so we put together what we call Life School. Mm-hmm. And it is a much more affordable program. And we are wild, fun, a little crazy. And we love to teach. And so Life School is actually available. If you buy the book for some bucks, 
it's the very, you get the intro to life school after that. And we're launching it August 15th, but it's really the most affordable way to enter our ecosystem of learning how to take powerful self-responsibility within community. Because it's one thing to be empowered alone, but then not have anyone to lean on. And we are designed to be interdependent, not independent. And so that community is such an important aspect. And we just, it, it wasn't affordable and workable for everyone to be in our small group mastermind, which is why we developed the life school so we could really help more people. And, and it's superpower humans. Superpower I humans. I love that. Pardon? <laughs> That's it. It's, we're super, it's, superheroes because we all have to be our own heroes no one is going to do it for us no one's going to save us there is no a knight in shining armor or you know princess maiden to be rescued like we have to do it and we have to own our own life and our own strength and everything that's happened to us no. may or may not be our fault but where it's our responsibility to change so a lot of the people that you work with, have they been through trauma themselves? Yes. Yeah. Um, there, I haven't met a lot of people who don't have trauma. Um, so if you're working with them as a group, how, how do you zero in on helping each person or couple mm-hmm. to... How do they break through alone? Right. Um, Self-healing. Healing healing is really just um, one small step in overcoming trauma. It, It creates, trauma creates behavioral patterns. It creates habits. It it makes our people picker broken sometimes. Like, there's lots of dynamics to it. And we have just real basic principles on how to heal yourself. Here's the thing is that there are ancient principles that there's no new information. It's just about how the information is organized and what works and what doesn't. And then what applies to you? There's, Humans are not as complicated as we've been led to believe, and we all have patterns. So we use those patterns, and people learn to self-identify, break through their patterns. And it is helpful to have a friend, but you don't have to have the friend um, as in like a counselor. It can be literally a partner or a friend. What? Because people, people do get into patterns. And whether it's a pattern of um, choosing relationships that aren't healthy and why do they choose dysfunctional relationships or why do, why do dysfunctional people choose them, then they get into a pattern of that. Or, and is it a belief that they don't feel worthy? Yes. I think it can be... I think it can be several things um, that cause it, but it does mainly boil down to what um, 
what the person, the individual was fed, um, like emotionally as right. um, a young child. So, right. like, if someone is certain... told from the time they're young, yeah. you're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, yeah. you're too skinny, you won't make it, you're not smart, you're... Mm-hmm. Yeah. that becomes a belief for them. Absolutely. And that's like, um, if you look at it as like a tree and you go mm-hmm. all the way down to the roots, right. that's, those are the roots where we're fed the nutrients to really become who we become growing up. But there's a deeper layer than that, too, in the roots, and it's that we kind of came from another tree, you know, like genetics. And right. genetics actually affects the way we respond to um, traumas that hit us in life. Like one person can have a terrible trauma, and they carry it for most of their life, while another is like, oh, at least I'm not dead, and they move on right. in a different way. So there's, there's patterns in what Jeff and I teach is that it's possible, like a tree, you can trim those, those limbs in order to lighten your load and really be able to focus on what you want to focus on. And then in the trunk, you store your emotions. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we mo- most of us get stuck because we can do all this behavior modification with, with all the branches and we can feel lighter for a time, but all that pain is just stored in our trunk. And if we get down to the roots, we can see where we can feed those those roots the correct nutrients, and right. we're able to like basically reprogram ourselves um, without having to have um, endless counseling or um, having to go through recovery groups and learn the same principles over and over again. As if you know, if we hear them for the hundred fiftieth time, it's just going to so sink in. What if people? don't know how to self-identify or don't know what triggers there are from their trauma. But something is triggered. How can they get through those triggers? We have about one minute. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually where we use the tree as an analogy because mm-hmm. we, we learn, if we are all trees, we learn, we teach people to identify and to learn to identify where the hiccups are because sometimes it's in our behaviors, which is in our limbs and fruit. Other times it's in our emotions and our trunk. And then sometimes it's in our roots, the beliefs. We have, my producer just told me, we have less than a minute. Okay. Could I (laughs) invite you to come back in two weeks and do another Mm -hmm. program so we can continue this? Absolutely. We would it, love to. If it goes along with your schedule. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. All right. I'll be talking to you. Thank you so much for Thank today. You. Thank you. Thank you. Have a Reed wonderful day. and Jess Richardson, who are doing phenomenal work. Doug, thank you for everything you do for me. And this is Cindy Gilman. Remember, believe and achieve. Bless you all, and we'll be back in two weeks with Reed and Jess. Have a great rest of the weekend, everyone.